Hello, folks! And welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burris. Here, as always, with the great Zach Reagan, Tennessee sports writer at A to Z Sports. And wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk all things Tennessee every single week here on the Big Orange Podcast. If that sounds good to you, make sure that you go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed and rate, review, subscribe, whatever you do over there, wherever you find fine podcasts, find the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed. And if you subscribe, you won't miss in a single episode when they drop bright and early on Monday mornings. At Charlie underscore Burris, at Zach TNT, at A to Z Sports on Twitter. Instagram, too. Check that out. A to Z Sports has a nice Instagram feed. Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports Nashville and A to Z Sports Nashville.com for everything that Zach writes. And there's all the academia for you. Let's get right into it. Missed last week, Zach, because of some some stuff that was uh, going on, just some personal stuff, ended up not being able to record, and we have had an eventful week, and let's, okay, I mean, I think that the expectations for as long as this show has really been going on, um, we start everything with football, because football runs this place, let's be totally honest, but there's not much to talk about as far as football goes, but there were, unfortunately as there are in most off-seasons with a ton of college football teams. Some players on Tennessee's team that did stupid things and got arrested. Let's dive into it, Zach. What's up? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's really never a dull moment on Rocky Top. It's supposed to be kind of quiet before spring practice starts, and then you hear rumors that start flying around, I think, Thursday night about some players in trouble, and then sure enough, Friday – uh, Jimmy Himes and, and ESPN report that Martavius French, Aaron Willis, and Isaac Washington are uh, three Tennessee players that were arrested and charged with misdemeanor drug charges. And it sounded like a kind of crazy situation where there was an incident at a residence hall there at Tennessee, and uh, supposedly maybe somebody was kind of robbed or beat up a roommate or something. I think there was a story about the incident before the identities of the players were revealed. I think the roommate uh, is the one that actually kind of turned everybody in. Just a strange situation. They're suspended indefinitely and uh, kind of out of nowhere. Uh, luckily, it wasn't any key contributors to the team, but you know, Aaron Willis, pretty pretty highly rated guy. Uh, French, maybe a guy that was going to see some more time at linebacker this year with Crouch and Toto, likely not back, and, uh, and Isaac Washington, a defensive tackle that, you, you know, you never really know how those guys are going to pan out. And now their status is kind of up in the air. I wasn't even planning on talking about football really at all during this episode. I was excited to have really the, the first episode in however long since about a year back uh, where we got to talk uh, exclusively about Tennessee basketball. And there's a ton to unpack, and that's going to be the majority of this episode. But I hate to see this, uh, especially with young guys because it's such an unbelievable opportunity to get to play uh, college football at the D1 level. I mean, the world is your oyster when you are 18 and playing football in the SEC. Uh, If you work hard, put your nose to the grindstone, you can end up in the NFL, change your family, change your family tree, and change your life. Um, And I hate to see this. Don't ruin your opportunities. Don't squander your opportunities. It sucks. I don't know what will happen. I I get the feeling we won't see much of these kids in the future, but we'll we'll see exactly how it unfolds. It just sucks. That's That yeah, was it's, annoying to see that, I'll say. The um, drug part of it's not so bad. I mean, it, yeah, that's something that eh. happens, and we see it usually, especially this time of year. That stuff gets handled internally. By the time August or September rolls around, Everybody's forgot about it. I think it happened with Jawan Jennings one time. Kind of a similar situation mm-hmm. in February or so, and everybody forgot about it by the time the season started. You throw in the assault and, and whatever happened here, gets a little dicier as far as what kind of discipline. And you got a new head coach taking over the program. He's kind of got to set the tone for how his program 
is going to be run, what they're going to put up with. This is kind of one of those first kind of tone setters here. He, it's a it's a test. How is Josh Heupel going to handle this situation? It's going to tell us a lot about how he's going to handle situations like this in the future. So while it's not really a huge deal, it is kind of a big deal just because it's going to determine what kind of program Heupel runs. Yeah, I'll definitely be interested to see how he handles it. I will say that much. I bet it will be very quietly and it, it could be something like they just don't show up at spring practice and then a reporter has to ask him about it. And then we find out. Um, in fact, if I was a betting man, I would say it's probably going to be something like that. Um, but that's, I I'll, I'll be interested to see where he goes exactly what route he takes in terms of discipline with this, but that's, that's that, you know, when, when you're in Tennessee, and you do a podcast about Tennessee. It's f- football's got to be the first thing you talk about. So there's your football. And I'll I'll say real quick about that. I, I don't think that's anything huge negative on Tennessee's. No. Uh, it happens everywhere, stuff like that. You got 100 kids on the football team. Incidents are bound to happen. They're college kids at the end of the day. It's not, you know, it, it's typical. It, it's going to happen. Yeah, just smoke your weed and don't get caught. That's... Uh, <laughs> And don't go beat somebody up. Don't rob anybody. Don't. And if they don't sell it to you, you just move on to the next part. Or don't do anything illegal. Just. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Just don't, you know, we don't need to know. But anyhow. Stay out of the news. Yeah. (laughs) Don't become the story. Um, But that's that. So basketball. I want to concentrate on. I'll, I'll say today was a really bittersweet. Day. It is Sunday, and it was Selection Sunday, and that's, at a baseline, that's amazing. Yeah, it's nice to have it back. The NCAA tournament was canceled last year, as we all know, and now it's back. It was really exciting to see that again, to feel that feeling. You know, it's starting to warm warm up outside. You're probably planning on skipping work at the end of this week to watch some basketball. It just, I mean, the NCAA tournament is the absolute best. It is my single favorite sporting event that happens. I love it so much. College football national championship, that's eh, one game. The Super Bowl, it's one game. I, you know, the the Stanley Cup finals are super fun. You got some other stuff. The MLB playoffs are super fun. The NCAA basketball tournament is just the most joyous, incredible sporting event ever. So glad it's back. I'll start with the baseline there. Another good point. Tennessee is in the NCAA tournament, and that is awesome. They are a five seed, and we're going to break down their draw um, because to to me, before getting into too much of it, I think they got a really favorable draw, and it looks good, and that's nice. That's really good. But why I say it was a bittersweet day, because today was also the day of the SEC tournament championship game. And if you are asking me, Tennessee should have been playing in it. But on Saturday, it it hurt. I mean, it hurts to say this. Tennessee had a 15-point lead against Alabama in the semifinals. Alabama, the one seed in the SEC tournament, a really, really solid team. And mad props to Nate Oates. That team is cooking. They obviously, they won the tournament today. But Tennessee had a 15-point lead, and they blew it, and they lost. And it's just painful to watch a guy in his second year at Alabama come back from 15 points down, beat you, Rick Barnes hasn't won an SEC title yet, so you're still waiting on that. And to watch Nate Oates in his second season at Alabama win an SEC tourney title is sickening. It made my stomach turn. And it was an excellent basketball game today. Let me say, props to LSU and Alabama today. Super, super fun, high-level college basketball game that they played today. It was really back-and-forth, compelling basketball and I was disgusted watching Nate Oates do an excellent job and win the SEC tournament. I My stomach was turning. And that is just the what is happening with Tennessee basketball right now. I'm not going to sugarcoat that and lie to you. 
It's great they're in the the NCAA tournament. We're going to talk about it. But this made me sick. I yeah, can't stand it's, it. it's tough. I mean, it's the same the same issues that have plagued Tennessee all year uh, in this Alabama game. 15-point lead, like you said. And then you go five minutes, and you don't score. You're turning the ball over constantly in that five-minute stretch. I mean, 19 turnovers on the day, most of those in the second half. And by the time Alabama went on that 14-0 run, I mean, there were still 11 minutes to go in the game, I think. Uh, they cut the lead down to one. I mean, you just knew at that point it was Alabama's game. Like, you just felt it because Tennessee does not have – the go-to guy. I mean, I feel like we've said that a hundred times in the past couple of months. They just, they don't have somebody they can count on and lean on in those situations. And it, it showed up at the most critical time that, that that's an issue that just hasn't been fixed. And it's hard to think it will be as they enter the tournament. And that's what concerns me the most about the tournament is if they get in that tough situation, like you do in tournament games, because you know, instead of like tournament games, it's different. Anybody can win upsets. I mean, that's what we love about the tournament. Tennessee just doesn't have that guy in crunch time that's going to will them to a win. Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer are as close as this team has to that guy. And they're getting like if they per se by some miracle, and I highly, highly doubt this will happen, but by some miracle, they decide to stay at Tennessee for whatever reason. I mean, they will be those guys next year. I think you do have, they will develop into those go-to scores, but they're freshmen. They're just so raw. They haven't been in that space often enough in crunch time to just be that go-to guy. And I can't blame them for that. You can't, like even in a practice, like you can't create the pressure that is there. I think case in point, is Devontae Gaines, who's not a freshman, but comes in totally, totally ice cold to play defense. He was put in, I, I think some some people were sort of confused as to why, why he was in the game late in that game and ended up on the free throw line to basically with free throws that could have won Tennessee the game. Tennessee's down by one. Uh, they come out of a timeout. Barnes puts in Devontae Gaines. He was put in because Santiago Vescovi was getting destroyed. They were targeting Santiago Vescovi, going right at him, and he was just getting lambasted by Alabama because Alabama is just quicker. He's just not on the ball defensively like he needed to be. Devontae Gaines came in and did his job and did it really well. He was there. The plan, I can tell you the exact plan of what Rick Barnes was thinking there. He's putting in Devontae Gaines. They get a stop. Tennessee gets the ball and immediately calls a timeout and Devontae Gaines is out of that game. He's, you know, he was never, ever meant to shoot free throws. Yeah, that's And true. he wasn't, he wasn't in there. You know, I saw some people say like, why was he in, in a point where we needed a ton of offense? He was never going to be on offense. Rick Barnes was going to call a timeout and take him out of the game. That was the plan. He was there because Santiago Vesco, he was getting sliced. And it just so happened that Rick hadn't played him at all. In, in the rest of that game, hasn't played him much at all this entire season, puts him in ice cold. He makes an incredible defensive play, but you put a kid who barely plays with the SEC tournament on the line up to the free throw line, and he bricks both, and you you ultimately lose. And I, I mean, just so much about it was so painful to watch, and I... It, it's it's tough. There's there's a lot to to break down there, and let's let's maybe for right now, let's put a pin in that and talk briefly about Tennessee's NCAA tournament seed. Let's let's pepper in, <laughs> let's pepper in the rough stuff with the good stuff. <laughs> so let's do that right now. Tennessee's a five seed, um, and they're they're in honestly. In in my opinion, I mean, no bracket in the NCAA tournament is going to be quote unquote easy. But if there is one, Tennessee is in it. They're the five seed. They're going to play Oregon State, I believe, on Friday, I think. Yeah. Uh, yes. Fr Friday, playing Oregon State, the 12 seed. Um, if they win that game, they will play one of Oklahoma State or Liberty. And then on the, the other side of the same region that they're in, you have Illinois playing Drexel, Loyola, Chicago. Oh. <laughs> uh, playing Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, who out of nowhere uh, wins the ACC tournament, although well, they kinda, that did include... 
Yeah, it they included kind of a waltzed, forfeit win. They kind of waltzed yeah. into the championship game. Yeah. It included a forfeit win in the semifinals because of COVID, but nonetheless. Um, and so just that on a whole, if your trip if your trip to the Elite Eight, the number one seed that you have to beat is Illinois. Illinois is very good. Brad Underwood is an excellent basketball coach. And if you showed me those two teams on paper at this point, I think Illinois probably wins. But if Tennessee shows up, you get on a real hot streak, you know, a March hot streak that it happens. I think the Elite Eight is a distinct possibility for Tennessee, um, especially if maybe Illinois gets knocked out by Georgia Tech or Loyola Chicago. Um, and you, you just kind of end up getting a miracle matchup in that that uh, Sweet 16 game. I, like genuinely, it's all there as it has been all season. It's all there for Tennessee. It's an exciting draw to, to me. Yeah, I mean that it, of all the number one seeds, yeah, Illinois. I mean they're they finished the season pretty hot, but that that's the one seed I'd want to play. And interestingly enough, you know, if you somehow get past Illinois, the other side of that bracket, you really like Tennessee's chances there. I mean, I get Houston is the two seed. Um, I only too far ahead of ourselves there because you know you got to get past Oregon State and. And really, Oklahoma State or Liberty, either one of those teams would be tough to play too. But yeah, it is favorable. Like you said, it, it's tough to call anything too favorable because you just never know what's going to happen in, in in the NCAA tournament. But if you had to show me these regions, I would pick the Midwest of them for Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee had had one of the most favorable draws I've really ever seen in the NCAA tournament. Ultimately, um, back when they lost to Loyola Chicago mm-hmm. in, I guess, 2018, whatever year yeah. that was. Um, I mean, they would have played, if they beat Loyola Chicago, and, you know, Loyola Chicago doesn't hit that miracle shot at the end, um, you would have, I forget exactly who you would have played in the Sweet 16, but I, I think it was not a great team. And then you would have played, I think, Kansas State in the Elite Eight, and Loyola Chicago just, like, wiped the floor with them in that game and then went to the Final Four. Um and so those things happen, and this is set up to be, there's going to be weirdness. Who knows? Like I said, Loyola, Georgia Tech beats Illinois, and then you got Georgia Tech in the Sweet 16. Who Like, anything can happen, but you got to handle your business. Also, Oklahoma State is a very good basketball team, uh, and you cannot overlook them. And who I, I'll be totally honest, I don't know diddly squat about Oregon State. I have not really been watching much Pac-12 basketball, forgive me. Uh, but uh, I have watched Big 12 basketball, and, and Oklahoma State's pretty good. Um, and But on the whole, that's exciting. I, I like that. I'm very interested to see what they can do. And I, I think this can kind of perfectly lead us into what I wanted the bulk of this show to be in terms of discussion is sort of... Uh, Rick Barnes is at a point in his career at Tennessee where he really, to me, and I've gotten a lot of pushback on this, he needs to prove himself. He needs to prove to Tennessee and Tennessee fans and the people that pay his bills that he is worth $5 million. Okay, he is the the fifth highest paid coach in college basketball. He makes more. We've I went on this whole diatribe a couple weeks ago. He makes more money than guys that have won multiple national titles. Okay, he needs to prove that he is that guy. Melting down and having a fifteen point lead and blowing it against Alabama is not proving anything. Having three five stars on your team and ending the season unranked is not proving anything. And I do the last thing I want to do. I'll preface all of this by saying the last thing I ever, ever, ever want to do is be negative about Rick Barnes. I hate it so much. I hate it so much because he is an awesome person. He is an awesome coach who has flipped the culture at Tennessee and done incredible things. He took Tennessee to number one for six weeks. He brought us Grant Williams. He made Admiral Schofield into an incredible leader. I mean, he's just done so many great, great, Things for Tennessee. The culture that he created is phenomenal. His recruiting has been incredible. Obviously, three five stars on the team right now. Kennedy Chandler coming in next year. He's done these great things. The last thing I ever want to do is be negative about Rick Barnes because I want to just heap praise on him because he's actually one of the great things that Tennessee has going for it right now. But you have three five stars on your team and you ended the season unranked. You blew a 15 point lead against Alabama. You had Grant and Admiral, and the furthest you ever made was the Sweet 16. 
You got knocked out in the second round by Loyola Chicago. There's a pattern of behavior here. You had a really down season last year, and you wouldn't have made the NCAA tournament last year. Now that's, I mean, that one's kind of forgivable. But still, uh, all I'm saying is that it is coming, and this is the conversation I want to get into you with right now, Zach. Rick Barnes needs to prove himself. Show that he is supposed to be the fifth highest paid coach in college basketball. Because, I mean, I just, look, I got to hold him to the standard that his paycheck calls that he needs to be held to. That's it. If you're going to be the the fifth highest paid coach in college basketball, then you need to be around that, you know, number five coach in college basketball sort of area. <laughs> and blowing a 15-point lead to Alabama ain't it. I, I'm sorry. It's just not. Uh, but no, your your initial thoughts. I mean, Alabama right now is kind of where Tennessee wants to be, and that's frustrating <laughs> because I don't know what Nate Oates makes, but I'm sure it's not. It's nowhere close to five million a year. It ain't five I mean, million was, bucks. Was, they, did, they, <laughs> yeah, they didn't pay five million to get him from Buffalo. But we were, we were trying to talk about this before the show, and it's something I saw a lot on Twitter, maybe in response to you, just other people's thoughts. A lot of people are very okay with just being a tournament team every single year. That's fine. And they their reasoning is, well... It's better than what we were getting. But then they turn right around, and this is a tweet I saw from uh, an account that interacts with us from time to time with me, The Seven Maxims. Uh, Great account. I like the account. I like the guy that runs it. Uh, But he says, I remember when we didn't make the tournament every year. Now we make it three out of every four or four out of every five years. I'm okay with Barnes and his results. The very next tweet says, now, with football, I think it's reasonable to expect a New Year's Six Bowl every other year with a shot at the playoff. Why in the world? I mean, basketball's had way more success than football over the last 10, 15 years. Why are these expectations so different for basketball and for football? Because of 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I, it baffles me, and I do not understand it. When you're paying $5 million a year, those expectations should be higher for basketball, you would think. I don't care what the tradition is. I don't care what Tennessee's traditionally done. If Alabama can go in and turn the program around like they have, if, if Baylor I, – I don't know. I, I don't understand it why we're okay with this. I, I saw a bunch of responses like that. I mean, I, I went out and I, I – gave Barnes a hard time over the NCA or over the SEC tournament. And I said, this is on him. He blew this game. You can scheme around Alabama in a way to not blow a 15 point second half lead. They're not that good. You had a 15 point lead in the second half. I believe a 15 point lead past the under 16 timeout. Um, I mean, there's a way to not blow that with with players with the players that Tennessee has as good as they are you can scheme around this even with Folky out yeah i was going to how do you feel how does that change your view of of that whole game with Fulkerson being out it honestly made me feel like cuz first of all let's get this out there a bunch of people were like oh well Fulkerson was out Fulkerson was out games exactly like that happened earlier this year with Fulkerson in the game the same exact thing happened. You had a dumb loss to Ole Miss. Fulkerson played in that game. You, I mean, you had other dumb losses that, you know, there, there was just, he, he's not some kind of, you know, he's not just going to come and solve all your, your problems. I also saw potential from Uros Plavchis. And I kind of said, uh, he could have been kind of useful the rest of the year. Is he a great player? Absolutely not. But did I see flashes from him where I went, hey, He's in there taking up space, getting hands in people's faces. He he plays really, really hard, and that's something. And he never sees the floor unless it's out of total necessity where uh, Fulkerson's in, in foul trouble and, or whatever. It, Fulkerson's out with a concussion, and then suddenly Urosh has to play. That's when he gets in. I think he could have really benefited from more playing time this year, and I think the team could have benefited from having having a backup that was a true five rather than sort of this 
four or five mix that Fulkerson is. And I like there, there's a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton to unpack here. Because again, at a baseline, I love Rick Barnes. That's the toughest part of all of this. I love what he's done with Tennessee basketball. He, but but here here's the the truth to what you were saying about that that tweet. I don't. I mean, the expectations to that are completely flipped. Right now, Tennessee football needs to be looking at winning eight games a year. Right yeah. now, if they get to that point, then let's talk about a New Year's Six bowl game. Okay, but let's get back to winning eight nine games a year consistently and every year. That's where Tennessee football needs to get to. But Tennessee basketball is there. They're past that. And Tennessee basketball right now is playing with the big boys. You are in the upper echelon of college basketball right now. You have a coach that makes $5 million. I know I'm hawking on it so much. People get annoyed by that. But look, that's the case. You have a legendary coach that's making big-time coach money. And so there's your baseline. And then on top of that, you're getting five-star players. And I mean, you're getting players that Kentucky and Duke want. You are not, you're not going out and getting like the borderline five-star that nobody really wants, but he's, he lives in Knoxville. So convenient. You got, no, I mean, you went to South Carolina and got some of these kids. I mean, you, you are taking assets that other guys want. Tennessee is playing with the big boys with Rick Barnes. They really are. And he's ultimately He's putting a good product out there, a good product out there. But this, with the resources and the power moves that Tennessee is making right now under Barnes, they have the ability to be a Final Four team. Of course they have the ability to win the SEC uh, championship. They played in a championship game two out of the last three years. Two, well, I guess two out of the last four. You, paid, you played in 50% of the last four SEC championship games. So clearly you can win an SEC championship. And you won the you won the SEC regular season three years ago. And so, like, you are playing in the upper echelon of college basketball. Don't, don't sell Tennessee basketball short. Tennessee basketball is right there. If, if Auburn and South Carolina can make a Final Four, why are we not holding Tennessee basketball and saying, Tennessee basketball can be a Final Four team? Why are we okay with not being a Final Four team when you you have the players that Kentucky and Duke want? You, like you are putting a roster on the court that should compete at that extremely high level. I mean, Rick Barnes has, I believe, the best record of any coach in the SEC against John Calipari at Kentucky. I mean, what like what more proof do you need that Tennessee basketball is an upper level, a true contender, should be playing for national titles the way that Rick Barnes really wants it? I mean, I think Rick Barnes. What he wants to see from his team is kind of what Tony Bennett at Virginia has and what Tony Bennett at Virginia did to win a national title two years ago. Just that staunch defense, super fundamental basketball, doesn't make mistakes, really cerebral basketball, smart players that make smart moves and they buy into the culture. Like he wants to build that exact program. Well, Tony Bennett went and won a national, cha- went and won a national championship with that. It's possible. And Rick Barnes is putting the pieces together, but it just seems like Every time that opportunity to win the big one comes around, I mean, with with teams that I would call the best, some of the best teams Tennessee basketball has ever had, if not the best basketball teams Tennessee has ever had, and they're still coming up short. And that's why I'm getting to the point in his, I, what, sixth year now, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, let's see it. Let's get to that next level. I'm not, I do not, Let me say this so loud for the people in the back. I do not want Rick Barnes to be fired. I don't want him to be fired. I want him to win the big game. That's what I want. In no way am I calling for Rick Barnes to be fired. He should be the coach next year, and probably the year after that, and the year after that, and the year after that. And you know what would be great and help us all and make sure we don't have to have this conversation is if he would just not blow a 15-point lead against Alabama, if he would win the SEC championship games that he plays in, if he would make it past the Sweet 16, if he would do these things and win these games that we know Tennessee can. I mean, that's... I can get on this high horse all day. I I, mm. well, what, I, I really... I've been feeling this last few days, man. It's... it's I, I don't, Why are people selling Tennessee basketball short? Don't do that. Tennessee basketball can be awesome. Stop doing that. Stop it. With Rick Barnes at... 66 can be 67 in the summer. What What's your confidence that this team will take the next step under him and get 
to where the pro- where we think the program should be. How, how much confidence now? Like you said, he's been here since I just 2015. What's the confidence level there that it can change and get and take get over the hump and finally win an SEC championship or make a Final Four run? Do you see it happening? Fifty mm. percent at most, I would say. Because here's the thing. Rick Barnes is 67 years old. He knows what he wants to see out of a basketball team. He knows who he is as a college basketball coach. And I think that you can just say, at a certain point, what you see is what you get. And that is why I fear. I really, really fear. I mean, so badly deep down. I mean, if you if you can't tell. From what I'm saying here, I'm a huge basketball guy. I'm more of a basketball guy than I am a football guy. Okay. And I, I mean, I'm a lifelong Knoxville went to the university of Tennessee and, and still, I mean, I am, I'm a basketball guy at the end of the day. I mean, I want so badly deep down in my bones for Rick Barnes to just take this team to a final four, to win an sec title to put Tennessee in that position that I know they can be in with the rosters they're putting on the floor. But things happen, and some of the things that he does and just the decisions that he makes in games sometimes are just baffling. And and as much as I love the culture and everything that he's created, I can say two things have to be true at once right now until he wins that big game. He's amazing at culture building and, and general management. He is not the world's best in-game basketball coach. He's just not. He had Kevin Durant at Texas, and that was not the team that he took to the Final Four. He had one of the greatest NBA basketball players of all time on his team, and he didn't make a Final Four with that team, if I am thinking correctly. And so, like, there's a, a pattern of behavior here with Rick Barnes that goes back a long way. And I was hoping, I was really, really hoping, because he... Things had gotten pretty sour at at the end of his time at Texas, and I think he took it as a wake-up call, and he really flipped the switch at Tennessee and has done some really great things, and it revitalized his career. And I was hoping that that wake-up call would take him to the next level. That's why I have always defended Rick Barnes, was because I always felt like maybe this is where he finally does get over that hump where he's not just a Sweet 16 coach, he's a Final Four coach. I thought maybe the... The Grant teams were it. Maybe this with all the five stars were it. But I mean, at this point, at Tennessee alone in six years, we've seen him coach, I would say, three style styles of basketball teams. One, this is just bad. His first two years, those teams were bad, and those just get passes. Last year, they were just bad. Your entire roster got stripped bare. You were just bad. And I, I generally give you a pass on that more or less. I did think last year that team probably could have been a tournament team and they still underperformed, but that's a whole other conversation that doesn't really matter. He's coached bad teams, but then he's coached some really excellent teams. And one of those had unbelievable senior leadership with Grant and Admiral and they still underperformed. And then this year's team doesn't have that senior leadership. They're much more spread out where you kind of have, Every single guy on the floor sort of averages seven to 10 points. You don't really have a go-to guy like you were saying. So we've sort of seen Rick coach different styles of teams. And the only constant across all of those is that they don't really meet their ultimate expectation. I mean, I, I, I hate to say it. And I, and I know people clearly people just sort of want to go, well, this is good for Tennessee basketball. It's good enough for Tennessee basketball. I don't want to be good enough. I want to go to the Final Four. I don't want to be good enough. I don't want to be beat. I don't, I don't, like, what is this? What, exactly like you were saying. Why do we think, oh, we got to go to a New Year's Six Bowl game for football? I think that too. Let me just say, that should be the goal for Tennessee football. But why do we say New Year's Six for football, but the Sweet 16 and losing to Alabama in the SEC tournament is good enough for basketball? That's silly. Let's go to the Final Four. Let's win. And I... I really, really, really am beginning to fear that we're starting we're starting the latter end of Rick Barnes' time at Tennessee. 
and that it's going to go the way that it did at Texas. I I'm really, really scared that that's about to be the case. And I mean, that's my fear right now. Uh, It'll be a little different because I think he'll probably retire. Uh, That'll be the way it ends. But, you know, we're seeing this kind of trend. College basketball's changed a lot in the recent years, a lot. And we're seeing coaches that have been around the game for a long time kind of struggle, I think, with some of these changes, the way the game's played, the recruiting aspect, the way the teams are built. Roy Williams at, at North Carolina is not the same team. He's not coaching the same teams that he was five years ago. Coach K, we're starting to see it with him now, too. And Rick Barnes is that guy. I mean, you he's the same age bracket, kind of in that range. He's the same type of coach. When you compare him to kind of what Roy and Coach K are kind of going up against right now at programs that are easier to recruit to, and Tennessee is better than those teams this year, it does kind of put in a little bit of a different perspective. College basketball is starting to turn towards the younger set of coaches in terms of who is who is great. Obviously, all of those guys are legends. Roy right. Williams, legend. Bill Self, legend. Although Bill Self, he's another coach. He's probably underperformed some, but he's won a national title, so he's up there. Calipari, as much as I hate to say it, I mean, he's in that. He's great. He's he won a national title. He's taken so many teams, the final fours and national championships, stuff like that, even though <laughs> Rick Barnes has his number and I love that, but <laughs> nonetheless, but that, that group is kind of aging out. They are coach K is having a, uh, I, I would say coach K is having a time that I never thought I would see him have. His teams suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're really bad. They're not good basketball teams. Well, they're, not even a, they're not even a COVID replacement team right yeah, now. No, I, I mean, they're just bad basketball teams, which I never thought I would see from Coach K before, at least before he retired. Um, and then this young set of coaches, your Nate Oates, your Eric Musselmans, your, I mean, obviously the really good ones, Jay Wright, uh, Tony Bennett at Virginia. I mean, you got these young guys, Mark, Mark Few is, he's older, but he's compared to Roy Williams. He's younger. Um you know, some of those guys like Gonzaga is a buzzsaw and that's, that is whatever Mark view is doing. That is what's working in college basketball right now. I will not be surprised at all. If they ultimately go undefeated this season and win a national title, he's played a national title game, made it the multiple final fours. I mean, that's, those are the guys that are slipping into those. They're, they're the future legends right now. We're seeing the future legends come into their own, really be those guys. And, and on, Fortunately, I wish I didn't feel this way, but I think Rick Barnes is in the other group. I think he is in the group that is beginning to age out. But I do think this situation could be handled very gracefully because Barnes has built an excellent coaching tree. You just had a guy, his uh, Rob Lanier, who left last season uh, to go coach Georgia State or the year before, maybe he left. Uh, he won the Sun Belt this season. He won the Sun Belt regular season. Probably near looks great. Hey, there's a guy that if Rick retires, and again, I don't want Rick fired. I do think he will retire at Tennessee. That's great. But, I mean, you have a guy in the pipeline. Hey, maybe you turn to Rob Lanier. He knows Tennessee. He knows the guys that are already on Rick's staff. Like You have options like that that are out there where I think you could handle this gracefully. You have an AD who has hired great basketball coaches in the past. Let's just say uh, he hired Nate Oates at Buffalo. Mike White did. And so, you know, he's hired great basketball coaches in the past. I think I would trust Mike White with a hire like that. And so I I would say, do I fear that we're seeing the turn in Rick Barnes' career? Yes. Am I super pessimistic about the future of Tennessee basketball? No, I'm not. I think he will retire here. And we really won't ever see a really bad team again under Rick Barnes. I don't think that'll happen. I think they're always going to be this tournament team. But I, I mean, just what I want to see. I don't want to just see a tournament team. The standard should Final be higher. Four. Yeah, I think the standard I th- should be higher. I think the goal. This is my feeling has always been in college basketball. If you're an elite team, obviously you want to win the championship. But I think your goal should be the elite eight. You get to the elite yep. eight, anything can happen. Eight, eight great teams, eight teams that are hot. Anything can happen. 
I, I don't hold losses against teams that lose in the Elite Eight just because that's college basketball. That's why we love it. To me, that should be the goal every year. The the Elite and you're not Eight to get me, there every year, but the, the, still, yeah. But you can. I mean, look at like a guy like uh, let, I, I don't even know how many he's reached, but like a guy like Tom Izzo. Mm-hmm. at Michigan State. He's another that I would put in that sort of aging out category. He's 66. Rick Barnes is 67. And usually Michigan his regular great. season teams aren't just running through people. You know, they're usually yeah. like a two or three seed or something. But here's, I mean, here's the difference. He He's won one national title, which is, I mean, massive. He's in uh, a lot of Final Fours, I'm betting. 1999, 2000, 2001, 2005, 2009, 2010, 2015, 2019. Final fours. That doesn't just count yeah. elite eights. He's made it to eight final fours. I mean, that's kind of the difference here where I go with Tom Izzo, the final four is a pattern of behavior. Mm-hmm. With Rick Barnes, coming up short in big games is a pattern of behavior, unfortunately. And yes, Rick Barnes has has done great things for Tennessee and and raised Tennessee to really solid heights. I want to go to a Final Four. I don't want to just go to the NCAA tournament. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm like, we all love Rick Barnes. Nobody is disputing that. We all love him and the culture that he brought to Tennessee and the changes that he made to Tennessee basketball. I want to go to a Final Four more than I want to love Rick Barnes. That's it. That's the bottom line. I want a Final Four more than I want Rick Barnes at Tennessee. If another coach can bring us a Final Four, go get that other coach. I mean, that, that's, that's the bottom line. I want a Final Four. I don't want Rick Barnes. I love Rick Barnes. I want a Final Four more. I mean, I, I hope that makes sense. I'm sure it sounds callous. I'm going to get pushback on this. I realize that. Whatever. But that's, that's how I feel. And the good news is Tennessee has an awesome draw, in my opinion, in the NCAA tournament this year. And Rick Barnes is going to have plenty of opportunity to prove himself. It's right here. I hope that this podcast sounds super stupid in three weeks and Tennessee's playing in a final four. That's my great. Have I not made it clear enough? That's my greatest desire as far as Tennessee sports goes. I want to see Tennessee basketball playing a final four more than I want to see Tennessee play Tennessee football playing in, in a New Year's six bowl game. And I know, oh, if anything I said today in this podcast is going to piss people off. That's probably it. I want a final four more than I want a New Year's six bowl game. I do so badly. I'm a huge basketball four, guy, and I want. I think the Final Four is much more likely. <laughs> <laughs> right now, for sure. <laughs> for the next several years, yeah. Yeah, like Rick, Rick has put Tennessee in a position to have a chance at a Final Four. Tennessee uh, football, on the other end. They're not even going to be allowed to play in a bowl game for a year or two, uh, probably. Yeah, uh, but that's, is, I mean, that's just where I'm at. Like, I'm, I'm just so, I'm so on fire about this. I, it's just it's another one of those things where there's nuance. I love what Rick Barnes has done at Tennessee. I want a Final Four and not an NCAA tournament bid. Take me I higher. I should have checked in on this before we started recording, but I've been busy. What's the status on Fulkerson for the tournament? I believe it is day-to-day is how it was characterized today. Um I saw some of the tweets. Uh, he looked rough, man. Yes, that was brutal. Big black eye. He clear clearly had a concussion. He kept having to like cover his mm-hmm. eyes and lean back, and he wasn't really doing a whole lot of animated stuff. Clear, how, and he had in he had in uh, earplugs. Like it was, he was in rough shape. How awkward do you think the uh, weekend conversation between Danny White and his brother Mike White was <laughs> after that? <laughs> Or do you think they fixed it at all? That is such a weird situation, is it not? (laughs) It is. And, you know, I don't think he really tweeted anything about beating Florida. He tweets about every Tennessee sport there is. I think there was a photo of him maybe at the game with the chancellor that he kind of quote tweeted. But I don't think he actually tweeted anything about celebrating beating Florida, which... I thought it was kind of interesting. If I'm, I did not clear. even notice that. I didn't think about it, but that's true. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he tweeted a few times this weekend. Mike White did. Yeah, I mean, he's tweeting about uh, Vols track and field, but not the Florida game. <laughs> that's interesting. Well, 
the good news, uh, if, well, the good news, I guess, relatively to the awkwardness of that situation, I would not be surprised if Mike White gets fired after this year, <laughs> especially if they like lose in the first round of the tournament. Um, I, Flor- I don't think Florida fans are particularly happy with Mike White. I will say what some of my closest friends are Florida fans. Um, they don't love him. I'll just put it that way. I mean, one, let's see. I was looking at his page here. He's made, this is his fifth year in a row that he's made the NCAA tournament, but he has never gotten closer than second in the SEC to winning the league. Never made it to an SEC championship game, I believe. Maybe, if I'm thinking correctly. Um, And then, yeah, it's just been kind of mediocre across the board. So hasn't he, he made it to the elite eight in his first year. And then it's been first round after that Mm -hmm. they get bounced. So, uh, but anywho, so that might resolve itself this off season, but, uh, I, nonetheless, I just, again, last thing I ever want to do is be negative about Rick Barnes. And I hope that he makes me feel very stupid about this whole podcast in a week. I just, I get the feeling that he won't. I mean, I just have, I only have the evidence that I have in front of me. That's it. That's all I have to work with. And I'm going to give you my opinion based on the evidence that I have. And the evidence that I have is that in the last game that Tennessee played, they blew a 15 point lead in what should have been a bid into the SEC championship game. And along with everything else we've already talked about. And so that's just my current feeling. Also, again, optimistic about the future of Tennessee basketball. Rick Barnes has put Tennessee basketball in a place that I think Tennessee basketball will be good for a long time. But my question is, will they be great? That's what I want to know. Can we get to that point? And I, if you, if you don't like it, this isn't my day job, and t- so be it. You know, t- you know, <laughs> it's not whatever. I'm just going to tell you what I think, and. That's that's that. Man, people have been like dogging me about how I've been negative. How how are you overly positive right now, people? How? Tell me. It's like Tennessee athletics. Baseball looks pretty good. I can be positive about that. Baseball looks pretty good. But basketball blew a 15 point lead to Alabama and then Alabama won the SEC championship game. What do I have to do? Like, how? what am I supposed to be super optimistic about there? They blew a 15-point lead to Alabama, and Alabama won the championship in NATO's second year. That sucks. That truly, 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 to the deepest part of me, that sucks so much. It pisses me off to no end. And <laughs> I'm Would so, you, you feel know, any hey, different? Would you feel any different if that game was close and Tennessee never had a 15-point lead? If maybe it's a three- or four-point game back and forth and Alabama just wins at the end? Yes, I would. I absolutely would. I would have a different feeling about it. If it was as back and forth as it was in the final five minutes of that game, yeah, I, I would feel differently. But I mean, it was right there. Mm-hmm. And you blew it. I mean, it's just like when, I mean, you you played Kentucky in the SEC championship game. Lost. Played Auburn. In the SEC, after, after beating an awesome Kentucky team and making it to the SEC championship game, you get blown out by Auburn. I mean, this is not, like, my opinion is not coming out of nowhere. It's not because I'm a negative Nelly. And I, I can't and, and be, know, I really, can't be the only one that feels this way, right? I can't be the only one. There's no way. It's frustrating. I think you're, I think you're spot on with the steam. You're talking about the steam issues and, and, you know, to Tennessee's credit, the players, they didn't lay down after they blew that lead. I mean, they kept fighting. Heck, no. I mean, they didn't lay down at all. It wasn't an effort problem at all you know it was steam yeah and i i mean (laughs) at a baseline like maybe switch it when when alabama's on a run maybe like switch up your defense (laughs) go from man to zone zone to man you know throw throw some just some curveballs in there call a timeout maybe (laughs) yeah like just some stuff like that again like and and like the use of Uros patches like, if he could have been an asset to this team this season, why wasn't he playing? Some stuff like that where I just go, what are we doing? Why is this not better? You have one of the best backcourts in America. You have one of the, you might have the best defense in America. 
I mean, come on. Eve Pons is the best defender in America. I don't care what the SEC says about Herb Jones. The best defender in America plays for the University of Tennessee. And I... All of this comes from a place that I just want to see more. It is not that I want to rag on Rick Barnes. I want Rick Barnes to succeed at a higher level. And again, I can't, surely I'm not the only one that feels this way. But I, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm repeating myself. We're kind of going in circles here. So that's that. I am, all of that being said, I am actually excited about the, S, the uh, NCAA tournament excited i'm i will never not be excited about tennessee basketball getting an opportunity to play in the ncaa tournament because anything can happen butler can make a championship game william and mary can make it to a final not william and mary uh who's uh jim Lernega. he made it to final four uh george george mason can make it to oh, final yes, four yes yeah like anything can happen in an ncaa tournament it is the land of hope and dreams and amazing sporting events. And so I, I'm very much looking forward to it. And I, again, Rick, make me look dumb. Make, I, I will take the beating of a lifetime. People can come back and be like, you idiot. Rick made it to the final four. Rick played in a national title game. You stupid, stupid idiot. We all knew you doubted him. I hope that I get abused like that on social media in three weeks. I'll take the beating for you, Rick. Lay it on me. Just don't don't go out and lose in the first round. Don't lose a game you're not supposed to lose. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, the loss to Oregon State, that's in the first round. That it's gonna be hard to defend. Uh, it's gonna be pretty disappointing if that happens. But that's—I haven't even brought that up as a possibility. If you notice, I didn't even bring it up. I'm not gonna speak that into existence. It's—it's <laughs> it's, the the floor is the second round. Okay, let's go. As it should be with a five. You know, you're a five seed. You, yeah, exactly. Well, any—I think for the most part, that's. I've done enough screaming, I think, for one, for one yeah. show. <laughs> that uh, you you did promise. I did. Let me just say, I didn't. None of this was a performative show. Like, yeah, maybe I play it up a little bit. You can ask my wife and my in laws and my parents and my sibling. I do this in real life. This is not just for this show. <laughs> I I scream at the top of my lungs about Tennessee. Football when nobody's listening, okay? And Tennessee basketball when nobody's listening. Um, and so you you did promise on Twitter, Zach, that there would be rants in this show. Um, I think we're going to end up delivering on that promise. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, parting, parting thoughts before we go. Anything that I, we might have left out? Yeah, I, I want to go back to this quote from two years ago and just okay. see, all right, all right. see how you feel more. about it in retrospect. Sure. Um, you know, two years ago when Rick Barnes flirted with UCLA heavily, mm, okay. Um, he decided to stay at Tennessee, and his quote was, "It has to make sense from a financial standpoint." And the bottom line is, we just couldn't work it out the buyout. And when you hear that quote now, and you think about the raise that Tennessee got, and how you felt at the time, when you're thankful that Barnes stayed, but then you also understand that hey I'm he's only staying because the money wasn't right he he had one foot out the door and based on what we've seen in the last two years how do you feel now looking back on that you know that gif of is it Connor McGregor or something like that where he goes that's bait no it's uh it's from uh it's from the movie from uh uh Mad Max Fury Road whatever Yes. He goes, that's bait. <laughs> and it's a gift that you'll see on Twitter. Zach, that's bait. You're <laughs> you're trying to get me to say some stuff here. Um I haven't forgotten that quote. I'll put it that way. It is 
I, I was okay. So back when that happened, I was still on a, I was still on the radio and had some other interests to protect. I was not happy with Rick Barnes. I didn't put it out there as publicly because again, I was more in the traditional media line at that point. Now, again, it's not my day job. I do this podcast because uh, I love talking Tennessee sports. And so I'm going to tell you what I really think. I was not happy when that happened. I, In fact, I was insulted. And the fact that Tennessee fans were just supposed to suck it up and go, but you get to keep Rick Barnes. Well, he didn't want to be here. He wanted to go to UCLA. And it's all a business decision, and I don't necessarily blame him for that. But don't come to me and tell me that I I just got to be happy that the guy tried to walk out the door and, and is leaving quotes behind like, oh, the money just didn't work out. I mean, that's significant, and that counts for something. Um, that, that quote to me two years later still surprises me. It stinks. And I, know, I know a lot of people say, oh, you got to love his transparency and his honesty. Not necessarily. <laughs> not in that scenario i i don't see that at all like i'm still shocked when i see that quote and i just i just happened to come across it again today i hadn't even thought about it in a while and it still I, surprises me it's just another one of those things where i say two two things can be true at once i am unbelievably appreciative as a tennessee fan of what rick barnes has done for tennessee basketball it is great i'm so glad that he's built the program into a perennial at least contender. Um, again, wish he could win the big games, but I'm glad that he's put Tennessee there because if and when Tennessee moves on to the next guy, you're not like Tennessee football where it's a toxic, horrible mess and all this stuff at a baseline. He's done that, but he's done much more than that. Elevated you to number one, brought in guys who are going to be Tennessee legends forever, done all this great, great, great stuff, has coached some of the greatest games in Tennessee basketball history, and I love it. While at the same time, I can say I thought that whole situation was insulting and the way that it was played off as if Tennessee fans should just be appreciative that he decided to stay left a pretty bad taste in my mouth for a while. And that's why last season I hawked on him pretty hard when things were going downhill and it was pretty clear they weren't going to make the the NCAA tournament. I wasn't scared to do that because I sort of went, well, Rick, you did this to yourself. Okay, you decided to stay at Tennessee for five million dollars and be the fifth highest paid coach in college basketball. It's the reason why why I hawk on that particular point so much also is just the way that that sort of went down. You decided to stay here. You said the money wasn't right. And so let's talk about the money. All right. It's five million bucks. You're the fifth fifth highest paid coach in college basketball. And you're not coaching like it. And so that's. Yeah, that that's that's one that gets me. I mean, I'm yeah, I admittedly I was pretty sour about that but just didn't say it super publicly because there I mean, Rick Barnes is and should be beloved by Tennessee fans. He should be. That's why I, I that's another thing. I hate that that happened because it's kind of a mark on the whole thing. Where I just go like Tennessee fans gave you so much love, man. Why would you say that? Like even if you felt it, why would you say that out loud? I it it rubbed me majorly the the wrong way, but it's it's in the past. It's in the past. Whatever, whatever. He did decide to stay at Tennessee. That's cool. Tennessee is in the NCAA basketball tournament. Has another opportunity to go to a Final Four, win a championship. But I'm not just gonna sit around and be okay with an NCAA tournament. Bid. That's the bottom line of this show. I'm just not going to do it. Because Tennessee is capable of making it to the next level. And I want to see it. So, there you go. Any well, any other curveballs you want to throw at me? <laughs> Where... <laughs> That's a good one. Let's, uh, it, let's it, wait. Let's wait and see what goes down this weekend, and then we'll. Uh, I do. I we'll see if there's a sweet sixteen we can talk about. I'll say it one more time. Make me look stupid. I will come on this show if Tennessee is in the Sweet 16 next week and be like, we're doing good. We're getting there, Rick. You're you're closing in on making me look like a real idiot, and I'll be happy about it, okay? 
So <sighs> that's that. Now let's bring this music back up here. I'm Charlie Burris. That's Zach Reagan. This has been the Big Orange Podcast. Thank you so, 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 so much for listening. We are forever grateful to everybody that lends an ear to this show. I don't know why you'd do it, why you'd listen to lunatics like us talk, but uh, I'm happy that you do. Um, so that, that's it. We'll be back next week. And uh, we'll uh, let's talk to you then, see what happens. See you guys later. Hey.